Well, I want to add my welcome. Wow, it's so good to see people sitting out here in the chairs. Uh, there's not just a blank area that we're worshiping at. Uh, so good to see you all. And uh, before we get into the sermon, I want to read this passage of Scripture to you. Each week we've been having various people read our Scripture, and uh, those online may have already heard it, but uh, we're going to continue. Lisa Hostetler was reading our Scripture this morning, so we thank Lisa for that. But here from Philippians chapter 4, verses 1, we have this verse telling us that, Therefore, my brothers and sisters, whom I love and long for, my joy and my crown, stand firm in the Lord in this way, my beloved. I urge Yodia and I urge Syntyche to be of one the same mind. Yes, and I ask also, my loyal companion, help these women, for they have struggled beside me in the work of the gospel, together with Clement and the rest of the co-workers, whose names are in the book of life. Rejoice in the Lord always. And again, I will say rejoice. Let your gentleness be known to everyone. The Lord is near. Do not worry about anything, but in everything, and in prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Finally, beloved, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, think about these things. And keep on doing the things that you have learned and heard and received in me. And the God of peace will be with you. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. As I said, I welcome you and encourage you. Uh, it's so good to see everybody in worship this morning that I haven't seen in a while. I, um, it's been kind of interesting doing the online worship thing, but I had somebody tell me, he said, we really enjoy the online worship. And it's, the, the issue is, you know, that is a um, perfected and edited product <laughs> that you get without any bloopers or mistakes or anything else. Uh, today you get the real thing <laughs> with all the bloopers and, and the uh, things we're doing. We're online, uh, live this time, and there's probably some glitches with that. And we thank you for your grace as we learn how to transition in doing this. And I just want to say thank you to all those who are helping make this possible. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, all the, from the sound, to the editing, to the... Um, those who have volunteered, uh, the, the praise band, they've been here every week recording. Appreciate y'all. <laughs> <laughs> they've been hard at, hard at work during this time, and uh, everybody who's participated, we thank you for keeping the church alive and going in the ministry during this time. As we prepare, I want to remind you that, um, Michelle, Bring us water, please, if we can. <clears throat> I want to remind you that uh, we are in the midst of a series of sermons dealing with the fruit of the Holy Spirit. And as we um, began this series, I, I challenge you to begin each day with a prayer. A prayer that's very similar to the one that John Stott prayed most of his life. In fact, we're going to have that on the screen here. And I uh, hope, <laughs> as we have this prayer on the screen, you see it there. I want to invite you to pray this with me. And those of you who are online, uh, we're delighted to have you worshiping with us today and hope that you're blessed. But I encourage you to worship with us and participate in this prayer as well. Let's, let's say this together. Holy Spirit, I pray this, this day you will fill me with yourself and cause your fruit to ripen in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. 
I've encouraged you to pray that each week. Because the goal of this series... (laughs) Thank you. The goal of this series has been that we would begin to see the Holy Spirit be at work in our lives, doing for us what we cannot do for ourselves. And that is, it would empower us to live lives demonstrating the fruit of God's Holy Spirit so that we would be able to be the kind of people that are impacting this world in positive ways and changing this world for the better. I, I said how desperately we need people now that are living by the fruit of God's Holy Spirit. Last week we talked about love. This week we're going to talk about joy. And I think that's the most appropriate uh, fruit of the Spirit to talk about this morning because we are all filled with joy over the fact that we're able to be back in person, worship with each other. And uh, it's just a day of great joy in that regard. And for those of you who are online, uh, we celebrate the fact that we can uh, be in spirit with you through the wonderful gift of technology. And so this is a day of great joy. <clears throat> and like the word love, we, we know that joy is a word that's found throughout the Bible. In fact, if, depending on which kind of translation you have, it's mentioned more than 200 times in the Old and New Testament. And in Paul's letters, he uses it at least 21 times. And in the letter that we have today from Philippians, uh, it's where we get our text for today. It's, it's often referred to as the epistle of joy. And so the promise, the experience of joy is something you find throughout the pages of the Bible. <clears throat> and. I think that makes it clear that joy, that joy is something God wants for us. God hopes that we will be joy-filled people, that we'll live joy-filled lives. And we can, as long as we're willing to walk in his ways. In the scripture, joy is a promise that we can all claim. It is an expectation that we can all have. In fact, we, our lives can and I think should be defined by joy, according to scripture. And again, it can be if we're willing to do what joy requires. But before we really can experience joy, I think we have to be able to define what joy is. I mean, what is joy? I mean, how would you define joy? Is it simply a synonym for happiness? Is it a synonym for giddiness? I have to confess, I was a little giddy this morning with the prospects of being able to preach to a live congregation as opposed to preaching to my, the camera in my office. <laughs> so... Uh, you know, is it a synonym for feeling bubbly all the time? Well, not exactly. I, I have to confess, I also, like many of you, have used those two words, joy and happiness, interchangeably, but they're really not the same thing. Uh, joy is something that goes much deeper than mere happiness. So how do we define joy? Well, Webster defines it this way. He says it's the, it's the emotion evoked by well-being success or good fortune, or by the prospect of possessing what one desires. And I think many of us would probably agree and define joy in those terms as well. But um, I I have to say, with all due respect to Mr. Webster, I think that's close, but not quite, because Christian joy, I think, is defined differently. John Piper described it this way. He says, Christian joy is a, a good feeling in the soul, produced by the Holy Spirit, as he causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the word and in the world. I think Piper would be the first to say that we're not to live our lives based on our feelings, but rather we're to live our lives based on faith. Nonetheless, if we are walking in the spirit, 
we can expect to have this emotion of joy consistently in our lives, regardless of whatever circumstances we're facing. I love how Christian author and speaker Steve May defines joy. He says, joy is the inevitable optimism that comes from knowing that in spite of what is happening in this moment, in spite of what has happened in the past or what may happen in the future, God is in control and is working in my life for my good and for the good of others and for the glory of his kingdom. So I think given Piper's definition and May's definition, um, we have a pretty good grasp of what joy really is, at least the kind of joy we're talking about today. <clears throat> joy, it is a good feeling uh, in one's soul that is not dependent on our circumstances, but rather is dependent upon the Holy Spirit's work in our lives. In other words, you can't manufacture joy on your own. Not the kind of joy we're talking about. Uh, it is a gift from God. And yet, as we learned in the first sermon of this series, uh, we still have to do our part to cultivate and to develop this fruit of the Spirit. And so this morning, I want to look at some ways that we can do that, how we can cultivate this quality of Holy Spirit-inspired joy in our lives, and how we can live that on a daily basis. If you remember in week one, <clears throat> we talked about the importance of pruning in order to experience the fruit of God's Holy Spirit in our life. Pruning away those obstacles that exist in our life that stand between us and living a fully devoted life in Jesus Christ. And that's actually the first step that we have to take in order to experience joy, the fruit of joy in our life. In order to experience lasting joy, we first of all have to eliminate the joy suckers from our lives. <laughs> and here I'm talking about people who just seem to suck the joy out of everybody. You know those kind of people? You know anybody like that? <laughs> I know people like that. I'm sure you do. So you may call these people joy killers or joy saboteurs, but we all know people like that. And suffice it to say, don't hang out around people who tend to steal your joy and suck the joy out of you. Just, we need to eliminate. We need to stay away from those kind of people. But I think we also need to eliminate the joy breakers in our own life. And here I'm talking about the attitudes. And the habits that we develop within us that tend to break our joy in life. There are lots of them. I'm going to list up just a few of them as examples this morning. The first joy breaker, I think, that we need to watch out for is the habit of complaining. Habit of complaining. I think a good, compa- good companion to complaining is criticism. Uh, both of them uh, tend to be uh, qualities that uh, equally are counterproductive in our lives. And this is why I think Paul says, do everything without complaining or arguing. Wouldn't that be a nice rule to have in the house if everybody did that? I have to confess, my family's here, so um, <clears throat> I have to confess, this is one of those areas that I struggle with in my own life. And uh, they, they say amen back there. But um, here's the thing, when, when you uh, complain all the time, when you're griping and you're uh, grumbling and you criticize and you're demeaning, demeaning others, that's just a way of, of relinquishing your joy. It's a way of saying, like, you know, I don't need you right now, Joy. I don't really want you in my life right now. I want to focus and harp on this thing, whatever it is that you're complaining about. Complaining and criticism really have no purpose other than to rob us of our joy. And so we need to try to eliminate this habit of complaining about everything all the time. A second joy breaker, I think, is what we would call bitterness. You could refer to it also as... Um, 
resentment, or even anger. And sometimes I think this is usually something that has been a part of our past that we're not willing to let go of. We're still hanging on to it. But here's the thing. When you allow some offense in the past or some criticism in the past or conflict, those things to dominate your thoughts and uh, take control of your emotions, then again, you are surrendering. You are relinquishing your joy to that. And so if there's something from your past that needs to be resolved or can be resolved, then resolve it. (laughs) If forgiveness needs to be extended, extend forgiveness. Otherwise, let it go. Because bitterness is never worth the price it costs to indulge it. It's like someone said, it's like drinking poison and expecting the other person to get sick. This is why I think Paul says in Ephesians, get rid of all bitterness, rage and anger, brawling and slander, along with every form of malice. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as Christ and God has forgiven you. I think another example of a a joy breaker in our lives is being focused on your current situation all the time. Whatever that may be. In other words, if we're not careful, I think we can develop the habit of allowing every less than pleasant experience we have in life to rob us of joy. Sometimes that can be an unexpected uh, inconvenience that happens in our life. It can be a momentary uh, conflict that goes on or some kind of complication in life. It can be something serious. But if you're always focused on your current situation and problems, then joy is going to be something that's going to come and go with those things. As I was working on this message, I um, decided to make a little list of those everyday um, joy stealers in my own life, those things that kind of uh, take the joy out of my own life. And when I looked at the list, I said, well, that's a pretty poor list, <laughs> pretty weak the stuff that's on here. But uh, I don't think I'm alone in this. I think you'll resonate with some of this. Some of the things that tend to steal my joy during the day are things like traffic. You know, I don't know if that happens to you, traffic. Traffic can steal my joy <clears throat> from that. And, uh, or unexpected interruptions. Or some, being around somebody who's complaining. You know, that, that kind of steals my joy in the moment. And again, we ran a joy sucker. Um, here's one. When the Internet goes out, you know, that just, I'm, I'm watching a television show or I'm trying to work on the computer and the Internet goes out, that, that can steal my joy. It actually happened when I was working on the sermon. <clears throat> and uh, and um, when uh, someone doesn't put things back where they go after they've used them. That ever happened at your house? My family can testify that's a sure way to steal my joy. <clears throat> or when I have mis- misplaced something and I can't find it. I'm uh, not very joyous in those things. So I-, I think we can all come up with our own list of things that uh, we struggle with that kind of steal our joy. And, of course, there were some more serious items on my list uh, when I had. But I think none of them are worth sacrificing the good feeling that you can live with when you're focused on the assurance that God is always with me. And that there's nothing that can happen that can separate me from God and that God is going to see me through whatever I face. If you let them, (laughs) these uh, daily inconveniences can end up stealing your joy all the time. But it doesn't have to be that way when you stay focused on God's Holy Spirit that is always with you. I I could spend all morning talking about the various uh, joy breakers that we encounter in life, but I think you get the idea. Uh, We need to always be on the lookout 
for anything that threatens to rob you of uh, the joy, enjoyment of God's Holy Spirit being in your life. Because God is always there. This is why Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, Be joyful always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. And in our text for today, he says, Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say, rejoice. So, we need to eliminate the joy suckers in our life. We need to eliminate the joy breakers. Instead, we need to be focusing on what I call the joy builders in our life. Uh, And there are literally... Things you can do every day that will maximize uh, the joy that the Holy Spirit wants to give to you. Uh, in Piper's definition of joy, he said, The Holy Spirit causes us to see the beauty of Christ in the Word and in the world. I, I love the way he phrased that. Because there are so many beautiful things in this life that if we were to focus on those things, they would increase our joy. What kind of things am I talking about? Well, the list can be as long as you want it. It can include spending time with the people that you love the most. As difficult as this pandemic has been, putting us isolated from each other and social distancing, there's been a lot of people, couples, families, that have said they've rediscovered the joy of being with the people that they love the most. And if you live alone, it may not be the case. But even in that situation, I think reaching out and checking on our loved ones has become more of a priority for us. And that's a good thing. When you take the time to think about how much this person means to you, how much this relationship means to you, you can't help but be filled with a sense of great joy, thanking God for the beauty of those relationships. The list could also include um, uplifting music. You know, music is often referred to as the international language of the heart because music has a way of just bringing joy to our lives, doesn't it? In 1 Samuel chapter 16, we're told that when King Saul was troubled, he would often ask for this teenage boy by the name of David, who later became known as King David, to come and play his harp for him because David's music brought joy to his life and made him feel better. I think that's the power of music. And when you take the time to see the beauty of music, God can use that as a way to bring joy to your life. The same could be said of appreciation of nature. Who of us here has not been filled with great joy and awe uh, looking at the beauty of a sunset or a sunrise? Or overlooking the world from a mountain overview? Or when you see the sun glistening on the waves of the ocean? Or who has not been filled with a sense of joy over the smell or the beauty of a flower? As the psalm says, the heavens declare the glory of God. How majestic is your name in all the earth. And of course, I think another item that we need to add to that list of joy building would be to spend time with God. Fellowship with God through his word and through prayer. Just like spending time with a friend, a good friend brings joy to our life. Any time that you spend time with God, it is a joy-building moment. These are just a few of those joy-building examples I think we can come up with. You could probably add to that list for yourself. The point is that each one of us needs to learn to recognize these joy-building blessings that are all around us that God has placed in our life if we just take the time to notice them. If you would make those the things you try to focus on more so than the other things we tend to focus on that destroy our joy, 
we would find this gift of joy more often in our lives. As Paul says in verse 8, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is pleasing, whatever is commendable, if there's any excellence, if there's anything worthy of praise, focus on these things. The more we acknowledge and recognize the beauty of God in our world and in the word, the more that we're filled and then we can experience this joy of the Holy Spirit. But I think there's one more aspect of joy that I think needs to be mentioned this morning, and that is how we need to strive to be joy bringers instead of joy breakers. I mean, I told you a moment ago <clears throat> how you need to eliminate the joy suckers out of your life, and there was probably someone that came to your mind who fit that description. <laughs> I think we all know these people who just tend to suck the room, I mean, they suck the joy out of every room they enter, and. Uh, but, the thing that you need to be aware of is we just need to say, we don't want to be those kind of people. You know, just don't be that kind of person. Instead, focus on bringing joy into every situation that you can. <clears throat> In today's text, we have Paul talking to the uh, church at Philippi, and he, he's writing to a couple of members there, instructing them to, to work out their differences and find a way to get along with one another. In verse 2, he says, I urge Iodia and I urge Sintish to be of the same mind in the Lord. So obviously something's going on between these two women. We don't know what it is. It's hard to believe something like that would be going on within the church. I mean, of course, we, we would never have any issue like that going on here. But if we did, uh, like the church at Philippi, such conflict would affect the joy of everybody in the church. It's just like in the family. When one family member is at odds with another family member, that, that affects everybody. The same things in the church. This is why earlier in chapter 2, Paul says, Make my joy complete. Be of the same mind. Having the same love. Being in full accordance of one mind. Now, when we are focused on serving Christ together, there's great joy among us. And we have a very diverse congregation on any item you can mention. We'd have diversity about how, how we believe, what we think about everything. Um, but when we are serving Christ together, all those differences are put aside and we find great joy working for Christ. So notice what Paul says in verse 3. He says, I urge Yodia and I urge Sintish to be of the same mind in the Lord. Yes, and I also ask you, my loyal companion, to help these women. In other words, Paul is telling the people in the church at Philippi that they need to help these women. They, they need to be joy bringers instead of joy breakers. Uh, he's reminding them of how their attitudes and their actions toward each other impact everybody and how they need to help each other to remain in joy. A friend of mine told me recently, he said, I, I really need to go see my parents. But man, I, I just don't have the energy to listen to them bicker and fight with each other for the whole evening. <laughs> that sound familiar to anybody? <laughs> well, it's kind of hard to eliminate your parents from your life. But So I think that Paul would encourage us to be a joy bringer in those situations. That we would try to help them focus on the good and the positive instead of the negative things. And it would help them to realize how their actions are impacting everybody else. And if you happen to be one of those parents or one of those personalities, then I think one of the ways that you could uh, uh, develop that habit of being a, a joy bringer is to just... Not gripe, not bicker, not try, try to uh, fight with everybody or, or when you have those times together. For as Paul says, if there's anything worthy of praise, think on, focus on these things. 
I think one of the ways that we can all be joy bringers is to be day makers. Day makers. That means you can at least make someone's day every day. I mean, you can do that. Think about it. You can make someone's day every day. You can do that by, you know, giving a tip that's above and beyond what's expected. You can, uh, you can do it by giving a compliment to someone who usually doesn't get compliments. Or you can uh, give a gift of appreciation. I have a friend who everyone he meets, he says, asks him the question. He says, has anybody told you today that God loves you? Some of you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> he's a day maker. Uh, he's ma- he always tries to make everybody's day in a positive way. Listen, there's, there are ways that you can make people's day, that you can uh, bring positivity into any situation. There's ways you can do that all the time. And it's much easier than you think. It's just a simple word or two or a simple gesture. And here's the thing. When you make it your objective to try to make other people's day or to try to bring joy to other people, inevitably, it has a way of coming back to you. As Paul says in Galatians, you reap what you sow. The bottom line is it feels good to help other people feel good. It feels good to share joy around. And that's what happens when you're filled with the Holy Spirit of joy. And in this world where there's so much negativity going on right now, how we desperately need people who are demonstrating the spirit, the fruit of joy. So these are ways that I think we cultivate uh, this spirit, fruit known as joy in our lives. We seek to eliminate the joy suckers and the, the, uh, the joy breakers in, in our lives. We try to focus more on those joy builders in our lives, the people, the things that bring us joy. And we strive to be joy bringers, to bring joy in every situation with every person that we're with. This is how we do our part when it comes to living out and cultivating this fruit of joy in our lives. But I, I want to go back to our definition of joy for just a moment. We, we said that joy is a good feeling in one's soul that is not dependent on our circumstances, but rather is dependent on the work of the Holy Spirit within our lives. So we acknowledge that joy is a feeling. It's a good feeling within our souls, but it's more than just a feeling that comes and goes with life circumstances. Because it's a feeling that is based upon the assurance that God loves you. And that God is always going to be there with you no matter what. It is a feeling that is deep in our souls that can't be squelched by life circumstances because we know. We know that there's nothing in this life, not life, not death, not COVID, pandemic, anything else that can separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus. It is a feeling that is based upon the eternal hope that we have in God. That's a joyous hope that we want to share with everybody else around us. And it is a gift a gift of the Holy Spirit to all who devote their lives and place their faith in Jesus Christ. This is where true joy comes from. So as we try to experience this fullness of God's joy in our life, may we renew our faith and our dedication to God, because that's where it begins. That's the root of it all. And then we ask the Holy Spirit to to ripen, to empower and fill us with this fruit of the Holy Spirit known as joy. So that we can do what Paul says. We'll be able to rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say, rejoice. Amen? Amen. Let us pray together.
Gracious God, in this world that we live in, it is so difficult to find joy. I mean, the headlines we see, the, uh, the things we see going on in our world today, and with this pandemic and the crisis it has caused, the ramifications for people, loss of job, uncertainty, it's, it's just hard, God, to find joy. God, I thank you today for reminding us that our joy is never to be found or based upon the circumstances that are going on around us in this life. That we can have joy in you. And that joy can supersede and carry us through. Even in the midst of what we're facing, we can still have a sense of joy because our hope is in you. God, help us to be people who convey that to the world around us. Help us to demonstrate it in our actions and our words with other people this week and, and beyond. May we demonstrate this fruit of the joy of your spirit to bring hope, to help change the world, at least in our sphere of influence. We pray this, God, in Jesus' name. Amen.